Welcome back to The Sword. In the face of a growing cancel culture, now more than ever, we see a greater accountability placed on artists under the watchful eye of social media. Though art may seem to be more controversial now, it's important to remember that this has always been the case. The question is then raised, can we separate art from the artist? So I think the most ongoing issue of separating art from the artist comes from Kanye West mm -hmm. and seeing, especially on the Alex Jones show, in an interview where he was supposed to be clearing up the anti-Semitism yeah. accusations, he somehow became even more anti-Semitic and even more hateful, yep. saying, I like Hitler, I love Jewish people, but I also love Nazis, which, which you know, is just too contrasting so and we hypocritical. We pretty much doubled down anti-Semitism. Yeah, exactly. And, it's really hard to be more hateful than Alex Jones on the Alex Jones show. Yeah. And even more of like a conspiracy, like literal extremist. Nazi. Yeah, literal. Literally. And it was also found out that Tucker Carlson also cut out him praising Hitler in another interview where he was supposed to be yeah. clearing, clearing things Clearly up. Clearly he has hair. made his decision. Exactly. So it's no longer just he you know some, Exactly. Because sometimes with cancel culture it's kind of things taken out of proportion or like mm. and just floating rumors. Yeah. This is very concrete him saying clearly his decision. <laughs> exactly. This he's is also decision. been crazy from the start. Like he said slavery was a choice. Mm -hmm. Yep. He wore a White Lives Matter shirt. Yep. Right, the White Lives which is actually interesting because one can say that a part of Kanye West's brand is his fashion and that's like one of his mediums of art. Mm -hmm. And he outwardly out of Kanye West fashion, yeah, 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 at one of his fashion shows, had the models wearing White Lives Matter shirts, which is often used to discredit the Black Lives Matters movement, which is kind of interesting, seeing that he is a black, black. man, and he's yeah. also, like, such a figure for, I feel like, black people, yeah. like, I feel like, I feel like he's someone that a lot of people used to, at the very least, look up to, mm -hmm. and you've seen so many artists, like, feel influence, I mean, a lot of his albums are considered like one of either the best or the most influential albums mm -hmm. ever. And honestly, like from a music perspective, it's such a shame to see yeah. one of the greatest like musicians, honestly, ever to go down this rabbit hole. But that just seems yeah. to be like a pattern. And it's interesting that this is a clear pattern for artists. And in my case, what I was looking at for writers, the fact that people so quickly jump from normal art to anti-Semitism and to racism and to transphobia is quite impressive, honestly. The absolute leaps that can be taken. Um, for example, obviously many people will bring up JK Rowling when talking about controversial artists or controversial writers. Um, she has been known to be a TERF, which is a trans-exclusionary radical feminist who basically in simpler terms means that they believe trans people are undermining feminism and the idea that sex and gender can be not connected and can be different things is, uh, you know, invalidating women's struggles, which clearly we do not agree with. Mm -hmm. And clearly that is not the case at all. And trans women also experience misogyny and these are all very big and complicated issues, but she has been very openly transphobic, even though later on she denied those allegations. The tweets are still up, and it's very clear what her beliefs are. But people have also pointed out that a lot of the characters in her books are perpetuating harmful stereotypes, like the goblins that are based off of harmful Jewish stereotypes, running all the banks and being in charge of the money, which is another harmful Jewish stereotype. Um, and... You know, these anti-Semitic ideas are in 
other places. Um, she also obviously has some pretty clearly like racist caricature characters like Cho Chang, who is written as one of the only non-white characters and is a clear Asian caricature. And I also feel like considering that J.K. Rowling's art in Harry Potter, it's a children's book. Yeah. I feel like this needs to be held more accountable, seeing yeah. that like so many kids could grow up reading these books and like thinking that this is how an Indian woman acts, yeah. or this is how an Asian woman acts, or like this is what an Asian woman is supposed to be, when this is just literally like what you said, a caricature, like Cho Chang is such a generically like Asian name. It's interesting too because Cho Chang is written to be Chinese in the book, but Cho Chang is a Korean name, <laughs> so it's not even accurate to the culture that she was trying to create. And you know, Cho Chang is specifically labeled as smart. She's in Ravenclaw, which is obviously an Asian stereotype. She's also emotional, which is, you know, a usually misogynistic view, but also can be put as sort of a just general terrible things to be setting up her character for, especially when she has so little diversity in her books anyways. Mm -hmm. And yeah. we found, you know, any character that you could look at that's not white, I mean, Parvati and Padma Patel <laughs> is another classic. Um, Kingsley Shacklebot wow. is the, one of two black characters Who's in the, other one? the whole series. Um, I believe there's a guy in Gryffindor, Seamus. No, that's the Irish guy. That is Irish guy. Dean? Dean, yeah, oh, Dean. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Yes. Um, yeah, so clearly J.K. Rowling, um, in this case, I would say that it is difficult to separate the art from the artist when the art itself is a racist and perpetuating stereotypes that are harmful. I mean, a little kid reading this book and mm -hmm. thinking that, you know, Asians have to be smart mm -hmm. or that, you know, their names are all... Cho Chang-esque is, is harmful to those communities. And it's also interesting to see because J.K. Rowling, very specifically, is someone who's also tried to fix yeah. her, like, her, the yeah. bad decisions she's made. I mean, we've all seen the tweets of her being like, Hagrid's actually transgender, so yeah. I can't... She I said can't Dumbledore was yes. gay. Dumbledore was gay. never put that in anything. <laughs> never, I mean, never put well, that in I mean, didn't she also donate a lot of her proceeds to charities and all that stuff? I mean, possibly. Possibly. No, I think that's what she did. That's yeah. what she did? Mm-hmm. So, so this is like an example of her trying to like yeah. fix, but um, like, but also at the same time posting more and more transphobic yes. Um, yes. content and pushing. I mean, she's still making money, obviously, off these books. Mm -hmm. I know she did not. She was not in the premiere where they all met back up together, and a lot of the stars of the movies actually spoke for trans people during mm -hmm. this whole controversy. So it's good to see that other people who got tangled into this franchise were speaking out and making sure that it was not like yeah. the harmful stereotypes were not being spread with no backlash. But the but like see that's where it becomes hard because at the end of the day these books are based off of yeah. one woman's work and that woman is quite terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So it comes to this idea of and also the thing that's interesting about books is that it of course like there's the publishing and editing and whatnot. But at the end of the day it takes one woman to write a book. Kanye albums, I mean, like, if you look at the credits, it's literally, like, 60 people. Yeah. Right, so right. If, so it's kind of like, this is truly J.K. Rowling's piece of work. And I'm not trying to defend Kanye here, because I do believe that he is an awful, awful person. And that I do think that there are precautions that Spotify and music platforms should be taking. But at the end of the day, this is also discrediting the work of, like, 59 other people. Right, Both exactly. J.K. Rowling, this is discrediting the work of 
person, one person yeah. who deserves to be discredited. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's interesting to see how, in specifically in children's books, how much these caricatures of people are pushed because the idea of, of children's books is to kind of make things simple and have really out there designs and really clear characters that have specific character design and specific personality traits because those are simpler and easier for children to understand but especially you know in the in the 20th century and in the 19th century so many children's books just perpetuated absolutely terrible stereotypes and absolutely horrible characters i mean many people know but dr seuss was definitely a perpetuator of these stereotypes he created racist cartoons against japanese people following world war ii like he was actually hired to do that um he had cartoons racist cartoons of chinese people and black people in his books which actually once he died about 30 years later his enterprises have stopped selling those books and have taken them out of libraries and out of uh, schools, which I think is a step think, in the right direction. I think that's the best way to go because I just want to add this because I did say that Spotify music platforms should be taking precautions for such terrible artists, but I just want to add that I think that's the best way to go to limit the distribution of these pieces of art. I don't think that they should be completely eroded or erased or taken away, but the distribution should be limited. For one, I know that Spotify has like these different playlists like Lorem, Pollen, like rap caviar, and I don't think that those playlists should have any controversial figures on them. I think Kanye should be taken out of all of those playlists. So he's taken out of like the push algorithm, but keep his music. And I think that's the same thing with yeah, same thing right. here. Yeah. I mean, they're not pushing out any more books that have these characters in it, but they're not going into people's houses and taking, <laughs> taking them away. Exactly. They're just trying to stop the spread, but also we have to understand that these books are a huge part of people's childhood, and it's it's hard to erase that exactly. just because of things that he put. Well, yeah. I think also that an important thing, is I think the difference between Kanye's music and Dr. Seuss's really racist cartoons is that I'm not really aware that his music is really... Mm-hmm. racist or anti-semitic it's, it's yeah. just him who's really exactly. terrible person i understand taking away really racist books from schools because we're past that time where we're telling kids it's okay to hate people of color mm-hmm. <laughs> no like yeah. that's totally we've wrong like we've moved on from that and getting rid of those racist books is important mm-hmm. but in with somebody's music that's not racist yeah like you can still appreciate music if you want. It's up to the person now. I don't think that Spotify should be like, no, I'm going to take away one of the highest grossing artists because they're also going to lose money. Right. True. But for somebody like Dr. Seuss or, I don't know, J.K. Rowling, who posted really, ra- or not posted, but wrote really racist things, mm-hmm. I don't, Yeah. it's a little bit different, I feel. Man, Dr. Seuss's thing, because that's like a... That's a decision that you have to make of, like, yeah. do I accept this job? Mm-hmm. To make and he definitely accepted it. <laughs> 100%. It's interesting, mm-hmm. Roald Dahl had a similar thing. He, they both allegedly mistreated their wives, and, I mean, Dr. Seuss left his wife while she had cancer. Wow. And Roald Dahl allegedly cheated on his wife with an 11-year affair. So, clearly... Even just as people, not the greatest role models. Not, not 10 out of 10. <laughs> um, no, I mean, one wrong. thing that really stood out to me when researching was that Roald Dahl, when he was writing Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the Oompa Loompas were originally dark-skinned people from Africa, and his editor 
finally put his foot down and said, that is not okay. You need to change that. that we cannot so publish bad. that book. And this was in the 70s. I mean, this was not like recently either. Mm -hmm. So you have to know that this was a, this was too far for, some, for his editor in the 70s to allow him to publish. And so he, he transformed them into the idea of an Oompa Loompa. But if you watch it back with that in mind, you can, it's, it's a you little, can, you, you hear when like he says he went man. into yeah. the African forest to find them and that they're all working for free, that <laughs> things kind of start to line up a little bit and uh, so messed up. see that. He also publicly said, I am anti-Semitic, like those exact words. Which, you know, not the greatest uh, role model for, See, for kids. But that's one good thing about cancel culture. That's yeah. one good thing about cancel culture is that it's kind of like the people deciding what's bad rather yeah. than like a government or, God forbid, a corporation. Yeah. Right. right. And this is what kind of sets it apart from like censoring yeah. books because that's just, that is quite really like a violation of the First yeah. Amendment to censor books. And I was just thinking about Michael Jackson's case because... Um, Kind of the Michael, he's always been like kind of seen as a child molester, like yeah. someone who has been accused of that multiple, multiple times. But yeah. I remember, do you remember when Leaving Neverland came out? It was this documentary that was made by two alleged victims mm -hmm. of his sexual abuse. And it basically accuses Michael Jackson of sexually assaulting the both of them repeatedly for like when they were 10 years old. Wow. And that's. that's Wow, and this is like multiple, multiple yeah. accusations. And it's good to, that like people are speaking out against artists rather than right, the government, God forbid, large corporations. And it's, and see, I just want to talk about Michael Jackson for a bit because he is quite literally compared to Jesus when you yeah. talk about how important and what a significant figure he is. I mean, Kanye, of course, like he is set on such a platform, but if you go up to like, maybe 10 random people, even like in our class, like the youth, like it's kind of a target audience, and ask them like, name a specific album, name a specific song, you're not gonna get like 100%. Michael Jackson, Everyone that is a 10 out of 10. Everyone knows who that man is. He is quite literally, yes, even, compared and to Jesus. Even immigrants. Even yeah. immigrants. Even my parents know who Michael Jackson is, exactly. and they didn't even listen to American music when they were in their countries. Exactly, and it's, what I'm trying to get at is that one good thing that has come out of cancel culture is that people are speaking out like yeah. people feel that they have a platform that they're mm -hmm. being listened to and that of course no one has stopped listening to michael jackson yeah. i'm sure he has like 80 million monthly listeners and that kind of also leads to the point this does it even work should we even like yeah. try separating art from the artist because mm -hmm. so many other people won't that's what i think is so important that you know people speak out about cancel culture and say that people are ruining others lives with these allegations of certain things but when we look at the actual you know overall effect of these things even when they're proved even when you know they go out and openly say that they support hitler or openly say that they're anti-semitic or anything like that i mean people are still listening to music people are still reading roald Dahl's books so it's the question maybe is more about how you view each of the art and how you specifically will put your money and put your time and, and you know, show your kids as opposed to whether or not the world is going to be able to separate art from the artist because I think we have seen that the world is not really able to separate art from the I think, artist. I think the audience interpretation is also the, very yeah. important 
because considering I think I think we can all agree that people can become famous on the internet for being stupid for providing right, a shock value, exactly. right? And I just want to talk about two artists, Eminem and Tyler the Creator. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna say the lyrics because they're genuinely so mm-hmm. hateful. But if you look at songs Yonkers and Criminal by Tyler and Eminem, they portray like hateful lyrics directed primarily at women and the LGBTQ plus community. We go on later to find out that they're both very outspoken for both um, issues and that they just kind of use like this shock value to make it to the top. Because it's interesting because when I listen to Tyler, the creator, who's first and foremost a bisexual man, and I hear him say all of these, like quite literally the F slur when he wasn't out of the closet or anything like that. And I, I know that he doesn't mean that. I know that that's a persona that he puts on. So it kind of goes to where is the line? So yeah. it's like I, that's why I want to add that audience interpretation is very important because I don't think either of them should be canceled because exactly. I know that both of them are very outspoken of these issues and don't mean a thing in their art. However, their art is quite literally their platform and is. It's interesting. All these terrible things. It's interesting the difference between you know, Eminem and Tyler, the creator, and how they have put these hateful ideas into their, into their art, as opposed to, you know, the, the authors that we spoke about earlier, Roald Dahl and Dr. Seuss, where it's kind of the opposite ideas, where Tyler, the creator, and Eminem, they don't believe it, but they put it in their art as shock value, and in Dr. Seuss and Roald Dahl, they definitely do believe <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. don't. But not, not always necessarily put it in their work, or put it in more of like a concealed mm-hmm. way, but I think it's interesting to note the time periods that each of these were written in, mm-hmm. like, as I said, Roald Dahl and, and Dr. Seuss were more a time, more popular in the 20th century, and in like the 70s, um, as opposed to Tyler, the creator, and Eminem, who are popular now, and it's interesting to go back even further and just to understand that obviously art is always going to be a product of the time that it was created in. And, you know, if we look back at things like Shakespeare, obviously Shakespeare is, is not canceled by any <laughs> means. I mean, everyone will read Shakespeare sometime in their life and it is considered to be some of the greatest writing mm-hmm. ever created. But, you know, people have gone through and found sexist undertones, racist, homophobic, anti-Semitic. All of these things can be found in probably most works yeah. that you look for in from olden, olden times. I mean, mm-hmm. people said that uh, Othello was the devil and he resembled the devil because he had dark skin and thick lips, which is oh, clearly, okay. clearly um. not the greatest, you know, sentiment to mm-hmm. be to be portraying. Also, people have brought up that in many of these books, there's questionable sexual consent given by mm-hmm. a lot of the people. There's a lot of drugging and, um, you know, different, almost sabotage in order to have these sexual scenes. And it's just interesting to examine that, um, that, okay, it's interesting to examine that even we have to let it go sometimes I think Mm. especially with older things you have to understand that these are always a product of their environment and that especially works written from older times we're gonna all right so really quickly like mentioning old older time periods when these things were created or exactly where do we draw the line sometimes the line changes i mean when we're looking at a lot of art let's say 
from the 1920s to probably the late 1950s, for example, a lot of art depicting queer relationships or being queer or being part of the LGBTQ plus community, you could literally go to jail for that and you as an artist were ostracized. I have an example of Frederick Clayton's. He depicted two like male nudes together on a beach and he went, he was questioned as an artist and his like, I don't know, he couldn't paint that. And at that time in like, let's say, nine, no, 1861, sodomy was still, you could still go to jail for that. So right now, obviously, being in a queer relationship, being queer, you still can face discrimination, but you won't be ostracized from the community. You won't be discredited as an artist. So the line changes mm -hmm. depending on the times. I'm not saying being anti-Semitic will ever be okay. I'm not saying being racist will be okay. But there are other things that people can be questioned on or criticized for as an artist that might not necessarily change. And I have another example too. Um, we, oh, we have specific artists such as... Um, Beethoven, who would go around, he was arrested for vagrancy, for wandering around Vienna and peering into windows. Oh. Beethoven <laughs> is one of yeah. the, regarded as one of I the mean, most when amazing you, when composers there are out there. See, the, the issue with like all these old, old people is like, okay, like going back to Shakespeare, um, his phrases and his, like everything he does as a writer and even Beethoven, like everything he does as a composer is so embedded mm -hmm. into how we approach music and how we approach exactly. writing today that we can never completely separate the art from the artist because yeah. it's so embedded in the like, what art is, what writing yeah. is, what music is today. Yeah. And society, obviously, from what we heard about Alex's painter, can also not always separate art from the artist as they were arresting people for the art that they made. But exactly. I think we are moving to have to separate art from the artist more with you know, cancel culture and with social media, as Alex has said, nothing ever goes away. So we're exactly. forced to separate art from the artist or else you have to just accept that you're going to be supporting people who are not perfect. And obviously we know that nobody is perfect, but with all of these allegations coming out, I mean, Rex Orange County had <laughs> allegations, Kanye West, as we said, I mean, it just has to be said that at some point you just have to decide whether you're gonna never listen to, never enjoy art again, or whether you're gonna have to learn to separate it in some form and draw your own line. Because and you know, obviously, you, never... you can listen to the music, appreciate the art, but you don't necessarily have to support them in other ways. Yeah. Wear their merch, go to their concerts. Obviously, that sucks, but it's also a personal choice. You have to remember that, especially now, public. These artists are now public figures. Mm -hmm. Like, they're no longer just a random yeah. composer, Guys a random painter, yeah. <laughs> some dude in their house with GarageBand recording some album. <laughs> it's a public figure, mm -hmm. and although it's different from the way it was before, the line has changed, mm -hmm. there's different standards for everyone, they're still under a magnifying glass, and I think that's just a sign of the times. Yeah. And that's just something that we all have to deal with. So. Yeah. Yeah.